welcome to Overcoming, the podcast to support you in your healing, growth, and overcoming journey. My name is Taylor, I am your host, and I'm here to support you through tools, resources, and also shared lived experiences to inspire you to take back your life regardless of life's messiness. I am also a doctor of occupational therapy, certified trauma professional, and survivor who's been healing for years to remind you that anything is possible. Before we get started, I want to remind you that there is a trigger warning present throughout this entire podcast just due to the heavy nature of trauma and also shared stories from our guests. Additionally, this is for educational purposes only. Make sure that you are checking out and going to see your medical providers and psychology professionals for individualized advice. Again, take care of yourself. If you need crisis resources, they are on my website. You can also contact the emergency services. And now that all of that is out of the way, I invite you to take some deep breaths, ground yourself, and join me in this overcoming journey. All right, so hi everyone and welcome back. Today we have a special guest with us and her name is Vanessa Badger. Um, She is someone who I have connected with in the Instagram space um, and also is recently venturing out doing other things. So I really wanted her to come on because we have so many shared values. She has an incredible story and she really is a representation for the journey of overcoming and so many things that she's done along her journey. So I'm going to pass it over to her today to introduce herself and we'll get going. All right. Thank you, Taylor. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Vanessa and I'm so excited to be here to have a transparent and an organic conversation around overcoming, right? And for many of us that come to this space and want to connect on these topics, we've overcome trauma. We've overcome whether it's childhood trauma, personal trauma, generational trauma, there is this desire within our being to overcome these blocks that have been developed because of a consequence of what happened to us that was out of our control. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to sharing a little bit of my story and maybe a lot of my story. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm an open book. So wherever, wherever this goes will be great. And um, I really hope that it's medicine for anyone that's listening to know that we're in this together. And I actually had someone reach out the other day. She had said that it, she felt really uncomfortable sharing her experience. She'd had trauma of sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she said, it feels really strange admitting this to a stranger or talking about this to a stranger because I really haven't shared this before. Yeah. And my response to her was, there is a sisterhood or a brotherhood, right? And I know there's many brothers, you yeah. know, out there that, and when I say brothers, I just mean fellow human beings, right? That absolutely the males that they have kept a secret and they don't feel comfortable bringing it out. But I, I told her, you know, you felt within your intuition to be willing to share. And even though we are technically strangers, there's an understanding. There's this sisterhood of understanding when you've experienced sexual trauma or any type of trauma, whether it's that fractures your own self self esteem, your self sense of self-worth. Right. But especially sexual trauma, because there's an understanding that many times family members or even friends can't really ever understand what kind of wounds that plays 
What it's kind everything. Of it's it's absolutely everything. I'm su- being a survivor myself. I was 22 when it happened, and you know, it, for me, it was not as much of the physical as it was the emotional and the spiritual damage that it did to me. And you know, like that sense of who I am, that the loss of control. I feel like you know, and it's like such for most people, it's such an important sacred thing, and for that to be taken from people is just like it's heavy. It can be really heavy and really hard to navigate. And you know, I think we all handle it differently. Like for your friend, maybe that who came forward, like they handled it by just not saying anything. And I did the opposite. I actually like told anyone and everyone, I was like, oh my gosh, this happened to me. Guy at the gas station, I was off. And I was like, oh my gosh, this just happened to me recently. And that's why I'm off. Like I had to like justify why I was the way I was. And there was like no filter because my body was just in shock and overload for months after. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm glad we're touching on this topic today because it, it it's one of those things that we don't talk about it because it's uncomfortable sometimes. Right. But then what happens is there's so many people who are suffering in silence and feel alone until someone starts talking about it. And you realize that it's not as rare as you think it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know personally when I came and told everyone what happened, it was about like one in four people I told who either them or someone they knew. And I would guess that the numbers are probably even more that those are just the people who would admit something happened to me to connect with me, to help me. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's really sad. It's a very sad, hard thing to go through. And I'm so glad that you're on sharing more about this today. With, with pleasure at this point in my journey, it really is with pleasure to, Mm -hmm to share and to be transparent because where I'm at on my journey is it doesn't define who I am. And it, it there's a disconnection now. There's a piece that's been made with my own inner child and releasing of the, the disillusion of shame that came along with it. Now, for me, I was sexually abused between the age of three and five. Mm-hmm. And it was my grandfather on my mother's side and he was visiting from Guatemala so when there was he had left and I was about I struggled for two years right so uh, more than that but let's what I'm trying to say before I broke the silence yeah I was having nightmares because he would he would come and get me in the middle of the night yeah so I had really hard time sleeping I really, I had nightmares. I would, I didn't, couldn't tell my mom. So I would pretend that I had a nightmare about a dinosaur. I would make up these, these like drink, these nightmares, just so my mom would let me stay in her bed and she would cuddle me. Right. And so I told her when I was seven. Now here's the thing that is really difficult when individuals are coming forward and breaking the silence. There's this great amount of fear about what kind of response is going to be given. Yes. Love my mom. And I know that in the moment she was, it was a defense mechanism. It was her way of just like, like, I think she was in shock when I told her, but her first response to me was, but I told you not to sit on anybody's lap. Mm. And as a seven-year-old, that being the first response, yeah, really devastating for me because in the moment I was kind of like laughing 
like I was kind of like chuckling in a way mm-hmm. comfortable. She's like, no way. No, no. My, my father. I'm like, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and she's like, no, but I, I, I slept in the same bed as him when I was little. And, and then it, you know, went to like, I told you not to sit on anybody's lap. And, mm-hmm. and it, was, it was really hurtful. And I carried that for a long, long time. And when I, so that coming forward, you know, sometimes can com- compound that trauma of shame that Absolutely. is, so, it's like I said, it's a disillusion. Mm-hmm. So I, as and I can share my story as well, you know, how, I, where I'm at, how I got to where I'm at today, mm-hmm. this disconnection, this peace, and almost I've gotten to a point where I don't need to tell my story. Oh Yeah where I definitely had to tell my story. I had to, I, I gravitated towards individuals. I it's, it's interesting because a lot of the friends that I made throughout my childhood Mm -hmm. and the ones that I gravitated towards ended up discovering that they were survivors as well. It's like, we know it's like we, you know, it's this comfort that like, when you go through a shared trauma, it it does bond you in a way, right? It's like this unspeakable thing that is just so challenging to process. And whether you're a young child or a grown up, like you understand that like it feels so lonely and there's no one who could possibly understand the feelings in your body and in your mind and every this war inside you that's happening unless they've been there. Yeah, And there's this extra comfort level, this extra like layer of shedding shame when we know someone else has been there because they're not going to judge. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just naturally we kind of feel that. And I, I resonate with you as well. Like I look back as a teenager and I was around people who didn't say it at the time, but they were dealing with significant trauma in their household. And those were the people I gravitated towards. And so, you know, it's really interesting because it's like somehow we, we find our community like we I would love to look into more research to that to like if they know if there actually is like a psychological link to that because looking back in my life that's definitely happened too and it's like we're creating our own safe space with people who get it yeah yeah when I when I look back for me I what when I think of my younger selves I know that I saw a quality in these ladies, these young girls, these friends that I developed, there was this quality of this unspoken, like you said, inner struggle that I, that I could notice. Mm -hmm. Also there's behaviors that show up that I also saw reflected mirrored back. Like, Oh, I get that. You know, I get that, that kind of behavior. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's something underneath that. And so part of my life journey is I've been very much drawn to shadow work since I was little. Mm-hmm. And just organically, before I even knew what shadow work was, I wanted to understand why I was doing something the way I was doing. Why are other people doing the way mm-hmm. doing those things? And and even to yes, I would look at the trauma influenced and uh, you know trauma um, backed behaviors, but I also looked at the positive, the healthy. What does healthy? Mm-hmm. What do healthy relationships look like? What does a healthy mother daughter relationship look like? What is a healthy father, son or father, daughter relationship? I was always very curious. What do good friends 
what does a good friendship look like? And mm-hmm. so from a young age, I started studying, observing, and then I ended up going and getting my degree in child development and family studies to really do a deep dive on inner child healing and shadow work, because that's pretty much what that degree is. That's awesome. Um, and then learning about what healthy relationships, especially for the family studies, like what what it, what makes it unhealthy? What are the dynamics of an unhealthy relationship and the consequences? You yes. know, you get family dynamics and attachment and all that. Mm-hmm. And so the reason for all that is I knew that I wanted to have a family of my own. And I wanted, my father was not in the picture. He couldn't stop partying. And he had his own inner demons from yeah. his own traumatic childhood as well. And I- It's so up- common, that generational link right there. Like- Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before I knew what a cycle breaker was as well, I knew that I wanted to be the change. My mom came from a family of a lot of trauma with, you know, come to discover sexual abuse, which is very common in a lot of Hispanic households and may, probably other cultures, of course, there's no doubt about it. I think it's one in five women uh, yeah. last I checked have, you know, have been, are survivors, but just all brushed under the rug. So speaking about that silence, like, you know, oh, so-and-so did, you know, molest or abuse or rape that family member, but it's, it's brushed under the rug. Don't talk about it. We have to learn how to forgive, bringing in religion to manipulate. It's gaslighting, all that jazz, you know, I experienced that. So I have nothing to do with that family anymore. Uh, And then on my father's side, a lot of alcoholism, a lot homelessness and broken, mm-hmm. broken homes where the other one, like the mother would stay in the other side of the family, they would stay with the horrible person, horrible yeah. husband or father. And the other was a lot of divorce. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I have nothing. I have no good examples on either side of my family of what a healthy marriage relationship looks like. So that's yeah. why I went into studying it to a very deep level. I love and, that. Yeah. So I, um, I'm definitely accomplished. I have girlfriends that super healthy. There's no trauma bonding at all there. Mm -hmm. Um, All organic soul connections. We've been best friends for decades. Uh, We've grown together. There's never been backstabbing. It is seriously so amazing and beautiful. My husband, we've been together for almost 15 years. We're still so in love with each other we have it's the full package we're still attracted to each other you know as a as a survivor of sexual trauma that's something that's a big hurdle it's incredible yeah i mean just the relationships i mean the fact that you have so many fulfilling relationships right now i mean knowing what happened and knowing the link that could possibly break down and like have more of those unhealthy relationship patterns and not even being aware and the fact that not only are you aware but you have fulfilling deep soul connections is just incredible. And I really want to commend you for that because that is something that so many struggle with. And I think that you just being able to do that in your own personal life can help so many people learn how to do it themselves. Like between your professional background and your personal experiences, like that's, that's why I do what I do too. Like my professional background and personal experiences. I think that that just makes so much more power in healing and supporting others and it it shows in what you do it really does and that's probably why you and i connected so well because we get the psychology side of it and Uh you know like all of the things so i i just i love it so much 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I feel so validated, so seen and so inspired because it really is. That's the, that is the marathon that I'm committed to. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the, the biggest key to get there was releasing that shame. Yes. That was a pivotal point in my in interpersonal relationship, my interpersonal yes. healing. Yes. Was that was so for me, I actually had my first awakening when I was 10 years old. Wow. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I know. It's I mean, maybe because I was <laughs> I grew up in the church. I don't even know. Like, I really can't explain it. And that's why I really am into transpersonal psychology. Transpersonal is beyond the person, the personal, beyond, yeah. it means beyond personality, beyond personal. There is an element, I think, if, that for those that are willing to open their mind or even explore, maybe it's not even that big of a deal to understand that and to acknowledge that we are more than our body and our thoughts and our emotions, that we, there's something, there's a, there's something else there, right? Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's a soul. I actually think that there's there are two different things, actually. Ooh. And uh, but that's for another conversation. But, I know we can talk about that for a long time, <laughs> right? Uh, so I was ten years old, really random. I'm coming in from recess, and I had this realization that I was not really happy. I was putting on. Mm. It, honestly, to me, it was a spiritual experience because. As a 10 year old, why in the world would I stop in my tracks to think you're not happy? It was almost like a voice telling me, like, you're not happy. You're faking it. You're just putting on a smile on your face. Wow. And so I questioned it. Like I said, I love shadow work. I'm like, mm -hmm. let's let's dig into this. Maybe it's, this, you know, that's actually if we want just for fun. Uh, my south node is Scorpio. So for anyone who's who's an astrology buff, like you understand why shadow work is one of my my birth my one of my life um gifts so my pluto I, is in scorpio so i that? have my pluto is in scorpio so i get the big transformation with yeah yeah, yeah. okay you get it so mm -hmm. i uh and then i realized okay so why am i putting a smile on my face why am i faking this oh because i'm actually really sad why yeah. why am i really sad why why am i you know i didn't know depression at the time but like why why am I feeling this way? Yeah. And then I had a picture of my three-year-old self come into my mind of experiencing sexual trauma. Wow. And, and I realized I'm still sad about that. Yeah. I'm still, I still feel broken about that. And in fact, I feel ashamed about it. Mm -hmm. I feel that, and this is me 10 years old. I feel that everyone can look at me and see that I'm damaged. That, mm. that I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm connecting with this little, little girl right now. So, and she really felt like everyone could see that she, like that she wasn't, she wasn't who she was. Like, I felt like everyone thought I like could see that I was a fraud or that, that I wasn't, you know, like in a weird way, this imposter syndrome, right. As a 10 year old. And then I realized I, then I got actually angry. There was a part of me, oh, yeah. there was a part of me that was like, no, no, no. And here's the, here's the thing. This is what I fought for. No way is that monster, that predator mm -hmm. going to continue to sabotage and abuse me anymore. 
Yes. That, that person does not get to affect the rest of my life. That's I'm right there with you. That's what woke me up to. They don't get that much power over you. Mm -hmm. Like just, I just want to stop for a minute and acknowledge that like that, that narrative is so powerful. The moment you decide they don't get to be the one to control me anymore. They don't want get to be the reason that I have this shame. They don't get to control my life, how I feel about myself. They already hurt me. They already did what they did. And there's still going to be things that I'm going to have to work on. But in this moment right now, you were choosing to take back the power of your own life. You chose, you're like, I'm going to reclaim myself and my life and who I am away from all of this that's happened. And that is just so profound, especially for a 10-year-old. Like there are 40, 50 year olds who still can't do that. Like I just, that's incredible. And, and that is that pivotal moment. And I think in so many people's healing journey that it, it just shifts the moment that you decide I'm the one in control. I'm taking back power over myself. I'm not going to be hiding how I feel. I'm not going to be allowing them to be this way or make me this way. You know, I, I hit that realization for me with um, my sexual assault when I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder. There's no links in my family and the emerging research with significant trauma and autoimmune conditions. And I was just like, and now I am physically marked and physically damaged. And I remember the anger that came out with that. And, you know, the power for me was reclaiming my life as far as the physical stuff. Um, and the emotional child from dealing with the house of like emotional and physical abuse growing up, like it all linked. And I really, right after I was assaulted when I was an adult, I was like, no, this is not controlling me. I've already overcome so much in my childhood. This is not controlling me. Right. And so I just, I resonate so much with that. It takes such strength. And just the fact that you did that as a child, like for anyone who's watching right now, like it's, it's moving and I can see that it's like physically and emotionally moving you. And I hope that's your inner child being so proud and so honored because that's exactly what you were able to do. Yeah. There's, there is so much gratitude that, that this message was given to me because after I got angry, I was like, no, I put my foot down, you know, and, and then I had another mm -hmm. image of like, this is, this is what you were born as. This is who you truly are. And it was an image of myself, just happy. I'm like, oh, so God. I connected. I'm like, I was born a happy soul, this spirit. I have a, I love people and I, I love to be friendly and I love to welcome individuals and I'm not going to let what happened rob me of my essence of who I truly am. Yes. And so that's like you said, I reclaim my happiness. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I was putting a smile on my face, but then I realized like, no, I actually, I, who I truly am is a happy bubbly, loves to connect, loves people, loves to share my light. Yes. That was one of the songs that I learned in school that for the lot, for so many years when I was having those dark nights of the soul, um, because yes, this was a great awakening, but it wasn't a, an immediate overnight healing. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, it was still miraculous. Don't get me wrong because it put me on a trajectory of self-healing and self-discovery. And for a reason, I look, I love to talk about this. I love to share with people. And that's part of my, my, purpose our purpose is our passion 
Yeah. Right? I'm not here to oh, fix yes. anybody. I'm not here to fix anyone. I'm not here to fix anything. We're meant to have a, a life where we live in joy, that we love what we do, and that we bless the world doing it. And so this mm -hmm. happens to be part of that. I'm still figuring it out exactly because it's so much fun. But I, so I realized, okay, I was a happy person. Okay, so here's the second half of the awakening. All of a sudden, I realized that, yes, this happened to me. Now, I, I, here's another detail to my story that is actually really important. And I realized this later when I had, I've had i shared the story before. I was actually born with a rare kidney disease. And I was supposed to supposedly die before my, the age of one. And, but it didn't end up killing me, but I ended up having a lot of issues, a lot of problems with my health. I was in and out of the hospital so much throughout my childhood. Um, and I had my kidney removed, my left kidney removed when I was seven, but I always had so many stomach issues, so many issues with my body, so many medications. I had mm -hmm. asthma. I mean, I was hospitalized for pneumonia multiple times a year, bronchitis and um, allergies. And so the reason I'm sharing this is that when I ended up having this connection in my mind that I was I was born a happy spirit and that my soul is, is, wants to share love and wants to, wants to be a light. I had this thought, no, this earthly plane can do, can harm my body, right? It can, like yes. I had with my, with my physical body, with health, and then I was traumatized and my body was put in shock and it messed with my mind, my brain and my sense of self, and my sense of self-worth. But I realized that it can never, no matter what happens in this lifetime, it can never touch the purity of my spirit, mm -hmm. my limitless, timeless beautiful, loving spirit. And to me, I experienced my wholeness for the first time. Hmm. I love that. And I just want to like emphasize that, that there's so much that people, like you feel like you've lost or that's damaged or, you know, like those things. Right. But like who you are underneath all of that doesn't change the truest essence of you, your soul, your spirit, whatever you want to call it, that doesn't get affected by what happened to you. There's layers and there's conditioning and there's, you know, our brain start, you know, gets programmed a certain way and we start developing all these negative beliefs about ourselves, but it's not you. And to anyone who needs to hear it, like you are not your trauma. It's not your identity. And it feels like it, it feels like it, right? Because we're so wrapped up in it and it affects everything, like holistically, everything about us from our, the environments that we choose to be around to the way our brain functions. I mean, there's just so many things that are impacted by trauma. But what's incredible is knowing that that is all stuff that you can work on overcoming you can get back to yourself. It's not going to say that the symptoms of trauma are ever going to completely disappear because I believe healing is a constant journey in life. I do. But it's to say that you really can find yourself again, awaken to who you are, just like you did as a child, seeing your soul for the first time. Like that is an awakening. Like, and for anyone who's not spiritual, they might be like, what are they talking about? The awakening is literally just recognizing who you are, your place in this world, and your greater purpose. 
and the connectedness of all of us and the things that you've experienced. And it's an individual journey within a collective experience. Mm -hmm. And the moment you recognize how deep that goes, that's what a lot of people call a spiritual awakening. Because a lot of people at that point, they make big shifts in their life. And it may be at like rock bottom or after trauma or things like that, but it's just this realization that you're not living the way that you are destined to be living. There's more out there and you start getting curious and you start diving into your own journey of Mm self-development. And I love that for you, that started at 10 years old when you said, I'm not happy. Like that is so profound. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love that. The way you described awakening, like, and all those elements and, and just that self-awareness that that comes into play. Yeah. And yes. And it's, and it's a process of reclaiming what's, what we have forgotten. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. I know. I love, I'm like, oh, we are so on the same page with me. (laughs) It just makes me happy. And again, I feel so validated just being able to show up and share these things because for me, there were parts of myself that I hid that didn't fit into this little model or this box that everyone told me I should be in, right? Whether that's my parents not accepting or society setting standards, like, you know, and so when we reclaim those parts of ourselves and say, you know what? No, I'm going to talk about this. this is a passion. This is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, just talking about spiritual awakening with you is so deeply fulfilling to that part of me and that inner child who suppressed so many of these things. Because I had spiritual experiences when I was younger as well, mm-hmm. but I suppressed them. I acted like it didn't happen. I was just like in denial because it didn't feel safe to explore for me in my household. Right. So just the fact that you felt comfortable enough with yourself, you were able to explore what was going on. And that started this like pivotal journey for you of where you are now as an adult, like that's, you know, like your profession, that's incredible. And, you know, I think anyone listening and myself are so inspired by that. Hmm. So, so inspired. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been, an amazing ride, I'll I'll say, and and definitely have had a lot of hurdles come my path. That you know, after that, it was just wanting more. You mentioned that curiosity when you have an awakening, then you like mm-hmm. you start asking. You want to learn more and more. And you could have found me in the self help aisle of the bookstore or the uh, library as a teenager, going through books and. There is this concept that I have seen trend through the through Instagram or social media that, oh, if you're an empath, that it's probably because you were a trauma survivor. Have you Mm -hmm. come across that? I have heard that. Yes. Because it's like we had to adapt. Right. Like you had to know what everyone else was feeling. You had to internalize. You had to pick up on all these cues. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes like an adaptive response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But even still, I mean, even it doesn't even have to be, you know, any type of, I guess, any type of um, initiative or catalyst to create that hypersensitivity as a child is can happen. But some people are just born really sensitive, you know, it's. Yeah. And so I actually am on the fence of it could be either or. But yeah. for me, I was definitely empathic. I could feel people's energy. I could feel when someone was angry. And yes, my mom was a loose cannon. 
So mm-hmm. she never knew when she was going to get home. I could, it's almost as if I could tell by the way she was opening the door, like the, the way the keys dangled, oh, yes. like whether or not she was going to be in a good mood or a bad mood, mm-hmm. you know, whether she was going to get ticked off about something random in the house not being done, or if she was going to come in wanting to be lovey-dovey. And I, yeah. I hated that. I hated it. I did not like living on eggshells. Oh yeah. At, you know, living my life, my home life, wondering what my mom's going to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so yes. that was part of my journey is learning like, why did, why was that so impactful on me? Why, why did I hate that as a child? What did that cause in me? Mm-hmm. And how can I prevent that from doing that to my children? Right. Oh, yes. So, uh, yeah. So being an empath, I would start looking into researching how, how can I protect myself? How can I still be of service? And here, here, here it is. It's like, how can I still honor my light? Oh, I mentioned the song is this little light of mine that I mm-hmm. love. I'm going to let it shine. So how can I still be show up for people the way that I want to love the individuals that cross my path without yeah. feeling completely drained and so sad, you know, when they share their stories, since I was little, I've had individuals just share their stories with me and yeah, me too. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, so I, I'm, I, and I love to hear the stories. I love being there for people, but I found myself sometimes feeling the aftermath, like the heaviness of it or feeling, mm-hmm. you know, carrying on the emotion, taking on the emotion. I started noticing that some individuals yeah, were taking, starting to take advantage of that, you know? And so how could I start to, yeah. to still be of service, but still protect my energy field is really the way I didn't have the words for yeah. it, but we're all, you know, we're all energy. So, mm-hmm. um, and so then I started looking into learning about boundaries, communicating boundaries, started looking and started learning about um, how to ground myself, how to ground myself so that I can hold firm, but not take in what others are giving. And so that was, you know, that was a nice period of my, of my journey, learning about that and then diving into the, into the studies. But uh, it took a long time to get to the point where I didn't feel the need to tell my story anymore, unless I know that it's going to be medicine for someone else. And so that's, that's me sharing today. Um, I don't know. I love it. I, you know, I, I resonate so much with that and thank you for sharing and being so vulnerable and open. You know, I, I think that it it does help so many people who are stuck in that feeling of alone or silence or, you know, like that shame just to hear people like openly and confidently say like this happened and it didn't change who I am. Like, you know, that's why I do what I do. I know that's a lot of the reason why you do what you do. And just, you know, when we do it often, we forget the power that it holds. But I just want to remind you like that is an incredible, powerful tool for connection and support for people who have been through things like you. And, you know, I love how you said, like, I don't need to share my story anymore. Like, I don't feel that need to do it anymore. And it reminds me of something that um, one of my professors in OT school said to me. And um, they're like, okay, well, you can share this, but you need to know your reasoning behind it. Like, why are you doing this? Are you just validating yourself? Are you, you know, just needing, like, what, what is the reason? Because if you don't know the reason you're sharing something, it's not going to be met right. And maybe mm-hmm. it's too personal or maybe it's too triggering right now. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. having those like self-reflective tools to be like, okay, why, where does this actually come from? 
where does this desire to do this or you know and so I know I personally had to do a few more years of work before I could start something like this Mm -hmm. because it is so hard and you know recognizing okay what what part of me is hurting right now or what part of me needs to be seen or you know knowing the purpose behind these things and I love it you're like you know I don't do it anymore unless it's medicine for someone else because you know you validated yourself you've you've let go of that shame you know and like those are the things that hold us back mm-hmm. but i think also those are the things that get us into the over explaining the people pleasing the you know like the over justifying the closing down to who we are and being a chameleon right like those things it's that shame piece and i love how you touched on that so much because it really is it's like that shame And for me that, you know, the pivotal point in my healing journey was when I started understanding like self-worth work and like the Mm self-love wounds and things like that, that I didn't have. And it came from a huge sense of shame in who I was and -hmm. what had happened to me. Right. And meshing them together. Right. That who I am and what happened to me has to be the same thing. And so I created this narrative that was well, I am a survivor. I'm going to wear it like a badge. Like I I literally, I was a teenager. I was like, I'm going to write a book when I'm older and it's going to be from trauma to triumph because this is not going to define me and I'm going to triumph. Right. What I was just convinced that that mindset that I, I got it. I did it. I won. Right. That that mindset was going to serve me. And as I am growing more in my healing journey, I'm recognizing that it's not about the finish line. It's not about look who I am now because of all I've been through. It's about the journey itself. It's about finding yourself along the journey, the tools, the things that you do to get you there. And just knowing that the journey is more important than the destination. Mm -hmm. And the small pieces within the journey show us and give us the ability to act on who we are, right? And to show up authentically. And so a question I have for you, what are some of the tools for that you've used in your journey in overcoming? I know you mentioned like inner child things, you mentioned setting boundaries and a couple others. What are some of like, if you could give people, let's say like two or three tools, mm-hmm. things to work on, what would you say? So after, after starting, after breaking free of shame and starting to heal that, right? and working on myself like how can I still be of service but still not take on people's things so personal stuff and and then educating myself on what is actually healthy after getting through that it was really important for me to on my journey this like you mentioned it's it's an unfolding so the last biggest chapter of I'd say the last few chapters of my journey has been about identifying the conditioning that we have like what is truly authentic self versus conditioned self yeah and so this is a part of the shadow work so shadow work is really important because you want to identify when a trigger arises it's a message why is this trigger arising what emotion is attached to this trigger and then what limiting belief what experience connects with that emotion when was the first time i experienced that And what was the meaning that I adopted? What did I interpret that that meant about me? So doing the shadow work of self-beliefs, discovering what are the self-beliefs 
And then identifying behaviors. Okay, you mentioned questioning. Why, if you're going to tell a story, what's the reason behind the story? Mm -hmm. We got to do the same thing with our behaviors. Absolutely. Why am I doing this? Is it because I want, because I have a fractured sense of self-worth and people pleasing and being a perfectionist and, and, and these elements of codependency and are these because I don't feel worthy and I'm trying to compensate for that? Or is that really truly your authentic self? And so is really doing that shadow work is really, is really huge because I believe we are self healers. We can heal ourselves. And so shadow work is really big. Uh, Community, connecting with community. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Some of the things that I've, that I've trained myself in that have really helped. Well, so shadow work, education, that's huge. I could not make the breakthroughs that I made without learning what is healthy love what is true love versus what is not true love Mm -hmm. and had i not done that i would have settled for less well and yeah because you learned otherwise without looking deeper into like literature and things like that like you learned what that was in an unhealthy way and so what was modeled to you was unhealthy and so how are you supposed to know any different unless Mm -hmm. you dive into these things and you get the education behind it yes love that and science has it's there for us to learn absolutely the field of psychology and the field of sociology communication you want to learn how to effectively communicate through conflict this has all been discovered what works so really being willing to study to study your involvement like how are you going to evolve so that's huge and then there's the there's some things that just can't be explained that not, not that they can't be explained but some things that just can't be remedied through shadow work and through education. And that's where I had to, that's where I ended up going into extra work and studying and training. So for instance, as a survivor, flashbacks, flashbacks are such, you know, they're, they're hard to get rid of, you know, um, you get triggered and you know that you're getting triggered because of the trauma, but the mind is really difficult to like your limiting beliefs. And, you know, is one thing to be conscious about it, but the subconscious, how do you work with the subconscious mind that you feel like you're not worth and you know you're not worthy you're not enough how do you deal with these triggers that keep surfacing from your inner child so i guess my my answer is really like not one or two things i'm kind of bringing it all no i mean i think it's great i okay keep going you're good keep going (laughs) so with the subconscious mind I, I, I love working with the subconscious mind and investigating it so that's done through shadow work of course because Mm -hmm. What is the motive behind? What is the belief behind the behavior? And that's really raising your self-awareness. That's awakening yourself to to your reality, the reality that you're creating. Yeah. And And real quick, when people, when she's saying shadow work, it's like the idea that there are these light and these shadow sides of us, right? Like these, and like the shadow can be all kinds of different things. And feel free to correct me in anything if I'm wrong, because I'm fairly new to this. Um, but you know, it can be your ego or the, the traumas or the things that happen. It's created this almost like darker response that is, it's still a sense of us, but there are different motives behind it. And so the idea of shadow work is getting down to the motives of why you're showing up a little bit differently and how to integrate the dark and the light to find that authentic self within. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's parts of ourselves that were oppressed or repressed emotions, feelings. Um, there's also what's called the golden shadow, which I teach about in, in some of my courses. I've done a couple of workshops that there's actually 
parts of us that have been repressed and oppressed that are actually quite golden. They're gold and they're parts of us that really do want to come to light. But that's mm -hmm. for another day. But but um, let me give you look for those of you who are not familiar with shadow work. Let me give you an example of just like an easy little personal story of mine with shadow work. Um, when I started stepping into entrepreneurship, that was a whole new realm. I felt like, wow, I, I really uh, I really feel worthy. I had I these flourishing relationships in my life, healthy relationships. And I thought I, I really felt a, a great sense of self-worth in my life. And, and that that showed up in my relationships, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have that. We attract unhealthy relationships, whether it is trauma bonding or if it's just we're we need to learn our lesson. We have to figure out our truth through that relationship. And that's why it's been attracted to us. But when I started entrepreneurship, I did some shadow work. Shadow work is investigating yourself. It's questioning yourself. It's journal work. And I asked myself, I'm wondering, okay, why am I having this hesitancy with my creativity? Why is it that I'm feeling these fears? Why am I feeling that I'm not enough when I put my work out there? And after doing some personal questioning, and one, one strategy for anyone that's interested in doing shadow work is uh, one strategy is called the five whys. So asking yourself why five times, mm. why, why this? And you give yourself an answer and then you, you journal a little bit more. Why? Then why that? Why? And you keep going till you get to this core belief or this core wound that is that. like, oh my gosh, that's why. So for me, when I started doing the shadow work, it took me back to seven years old. And I realized when I was seven, I was painting, doing watercolor. I was painting the most, I, I thought it was the most beautiful painting of this uh, vase with these purple um, tulips. And I was so proud of my work. And I put it up and the teacher puts it all up on the board. And I just felt like, wow, I, I think I did amazing. I was really proud. It wasn't, I wasn't being competitive. Mm -hmm. I just felt that my creativity was awesome. And the next day I come to school and I walk in First thing I walk into class, all the pictures are up, everybody's painting, and there was a first place ribbon, a second place ribbon, and a third place ribbon on the pictures, and mine didn't have a ribbon. Mm. And I was crushed. I thought, wow, I really thought that I had a talent here or that I that I was really creative or that I did a really good job. I must be delusional to think that my work was really good. So I put the power of my creativity, the worth of my creativity into some, into other people and yes. of owning it. So I did my own inner child healing with that. So inner child is really working with the parts of ourselves that, the that had these really impactful experiences that influence the way we think of ourselves today. So I realized, wow, I'm insecure about sharing my creativity because I wonder if I'm delusional that it's worthy, worthy. And so after healing that, I was able to step into my power of, and the power that we all share, that your creativity is your own personal expression of who you are. And it is worth, it's priceless. Yeah. And I own that. So that's just a little example of shadow work that I, that I did that I feels like very clear. Yeah, definitely. Incorporates a little bit of the inner child healing. Um, so with inner child healing, there's parts of us. So with inner child healing, it's a matter of simply put, it's a matter of acknowledging those really old emotional wounds mm -hmm. and the interpretations that that little girl or little boy in you took on. And then having who you are today 
speak to that part of you and to make peace. And if it was, if there was something like the, let's say that the inner child didn't feel safe when she was a little girl, he was a little boy, just didn't mm-hmm. feel safe in the household. When you create an inner child healing, there's an integration so that the part of you now can acknowledge and say, I'm going to keep you safe from now on. I know you didn't feel that, but I'm going to take that responsibility so that your inner child is not driving the car of your life. Mm-hmm. It's your wiser, evolved inner parent in a way or yeah. love warrior. What It could be what it needs to be for you. There's so many ways we can interpret it. It's like I said, we're self healers. So if it's your, if it's your inner superhero, you know, if that's who, that's who rocks it for you, that's what clicks it for you, then have it be your, your inner superhero. If it's a love warrior, if it's uh, the mother archetype or the huntress, there's so many different archetypes. If you look into Carl Jung, but it's, uh, it's, so that's inner child healing and that's powerful. Now going into, and thank you for listening so intently, the subconscious mind, the purpose of shadow work And inner child healing is to access the subconscious mind. Now, subconscious mind is actually not a part of you that really you can communicate with very well. It's a record player. It literally just replays a loop. I'm not enough or I can't do this or um, whatever it may be. These limiting beliefs or or empowering beliefs, it Mm -hmm. plays on a loop. Now, between the age of two and seven, we kind of our, our subconscious mind is open to everything. That's why we get very conditioned and programmed with other people's beliefs we might inherit or from our experiences. That's why it becomes so profound. And we learn better during that time and things stick because it just sticks deeper into the subconscious, like learning languages and stuff. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So the subconscious mind is accessed through the theta brain wave activity, through theta brain wave activity. Our minds, when we're between the age of two and seven, we operate in mostly theta, theta brainwaves. That's why it's everything resonates, it goes so deeply in because mm-hmm. our mind is, the subconscious mind is wide open for the taking, right? That's why they say, be careful what you say. Now, as we get older, we're no longer in theta. Actually, as adults, the only time that we have access to the theta, to the subconscious mind, right? The theta brain, brain activity is right before we're falling asleep and right as we're waking up. Mm-hmm. Or if we go into a theta brain wave meditation and we actually facilitate yeah. that for ourselves. And so that's kind of where that's where I'm really, really geeking out with. And in, in the last um, the most recent research that I've been doing in the last couple of years is really looking into neuroscience. I, I'm so I geek out on I'm really into neuroscience. I'm really into the subconscious mind, um, reprogramming those those beliefs, questioning our conditioning. Um, and that's what, what I'm doing to help others is to awaken that part of self-awareness. Uh, and so part of that, the theta brain wave state through meditation, that's also, self, that's hypnosis state. So when someone's taking you through hypnosis, that's what brain activity they want you to be in is theta. So you're, you're working with the subconscious mind. And so my, uh, what I offer is with, when I'm working with clients and educating is how can you Get yourself, how can you capitalize on the times that you're falling asleep or waking up or go into like a theta meditation so that you can reprogram these limiting beliefs that are holding you back from fulfilling your purpose or to uh, to have the confidence to pursue your dreams or whether it's to 
strengthening your voice. That's I'm finding that that's a big thing for women that I work with mm. is trusting, trusting ourselves is a big thing. Yes. And then having the voice to speak up for ourselves, to speak up for our needs, wants, desires, and boundaries. Yeah. So that's, that's something that's been really, uh, that I, that has been really fantastic with seeing the, the growth with the individuals and the beautiful women that come across my, my path that I get to work with. That's amazing. Like just, it's incredible that as adults, we don't tap into that as much. And, you know, there are ways that we can. So um, question for you has just got me curious. I know there's like some new stuff and I I've, haven't really seen any research one way or another, but like the binaural beats with the different mm -hmm. frequencies and stuff. Do you think that would have any possible effect or, you know, like that kind of thing? If that can yeah. help tap into certain brain waves? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, so the, the nice thing about about the biurnal beats is it's a frequency. So everything is like, even our emotions are, have hold a frequency. Actually, shame is one of the lowest vibrating emotions that there mm -hmm. is. And so for anyone that if you're ever residing in, in, in the vibration, the frequency of shame, and you're looking to come out of it, an easy, quick way, go get a piece of fruit or a vegetable. I mean, organic fruits and vegetables have a higher frequency or essential oils. Essential oils will help you shift. So maybe the idea of going from shame to feeling grateful and loving and and um, and what's or enlightened that's too far. You you should see how many jumps it takes to get. Oh to yeah, that. that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> but I, I find that, that I might do. I might yeah. post the um, frequency chart, like the spiral. Yes. So that people can see alongside this podcast what we're talking about, because I think that'd be a really good resource for people. Yes. Yes. I did a reel on it a, a while ago, but um, and so yeah, just to raise your frequency, essential oils actually have are really jam packed, high frequency. Actually, rose essential oil has one of the highest frequencies. It vibrates at one of the highest frequencies for all plants and, and for humans. And uh, so I like to, some people don't like the smell of rose. I love lavender. I love to create my own little blends. And so mm -hmm. for me, I'm looking for if I don't have time to meditate, but I'm feeling a little sluggish or I'm feeling a little off, I will just take a moment. I'll get some essential oils and I'll breathe in through the, your olfactory system. Mm -hmm. is super, super powerful. You yes. want to shift your vibration. You want to shift your mood. Take a moment, just breathing in for just even 20 seconds can shift you. And then it works, kind of works its magic to resetting you. The power of nature is, I actually, I saw a quote yesterday and, and it's beautiful. It's coming up is that nature is one of the most um, neglected antidepressants. Oh, so true. Like so true nature, using essential oils like having mm -hmm. an herbal tea the self-care that we can create for ourselves with that and that's so that's huge I, that's and that's free it's mother earth is always there ready and waiting to support us and to create the inner sanctuary within ourselves so that's that's to answer your question yeah the biurnal beats is it's a frequency and yeah you know, it, be, it goes at a certain free, you know, certain vibration and, and can balance the hemispheres of your mind and whatnot. Um, I really love hearing language. I, music is very powerful. So mm -hmm. I also say, I'm just going to say this here as 
as a trauma survivor, I oftentimes really enjoyed listening to music that I felt understood by. Mm-hmm. That was like deep and that I could be sit, sit, sit in the sadness with and really go there. But yeah. I don't do, I don't do that anymore. Neither. It's, I know that it's, it's not healthy. So I try to, you know, go into meditation or I, I listen to music that's uplifting and I try to come out of it that way because it's still, it's still something that I'm working on, like in a way that it, it creeps up sometimes these and getting to know my, you know, getting to know my rhythms. So, oh yeah. And I mean, you have to know yourself too. And like, I mean, I I'm a proponent that like, sometimes like, for instance, like when I'm having a really, really, really hard day, or like, I just need to like process through something, not necessarily get out of it, but I know I need to process. Like I go to the scientist by Coldplay. That is one of my grief songs. Um, you know, and it just plays over and over on repeat. And I like almost, I can almost completely zone out and like, it's just these tears that are just numb. And I'm not sure if there was like a significance in my childhood. Like, I don't necessarily know the memory, but there's something about like the lyrics. Can we just go back to the start? And it's just like knowing that like things happened, like you, you can't really just change things. And so for me, it's like a form of acceptance, but a form of processing as well. Um, and so like, sometimes I'll just have a whole day. Like it's actually one of my top, like the Spotify where it's like, what was one of your top 100 songs? Yeah, it's up there because I had some really hard days this year. So, you know, and it's just on repeat. So you know, like whatever way you need to get through something I think is okay. And the moment that you need to get to that point where you're like, you know, I felt it, I'm processing. I just need to get myself out of this. You know, mm-hmm. that's when we recognize the power that everything holds. And you're right. It is the frequency. It's the frequency of these different things. Like every type of music every song has a different frequency right and so it's like really being mindful of what you're listening to um Mm -hmm. you know for me like the the news I I can't watch the news anymore it is so negative and it's just the point where it reprograms my brain to look for the negative and a lot of things I got triggered by anyways so Mm -hmm. for me I mean a lot of people are like well how are you going to be aware in the world something's big enough someone will tell me like you know what I mean it's not like and it's not to say that it's like inconsiderate or not caring what other things are going on it's like at some point I have to protect myself and I know that that lowers my frequency for days Mm -hmm. for days right because it sticks with you so I think the more self-aware you become and recognizing how things impact you and if you're not someone who's comfortable with frequency or whatever you know just know how things impact you impact your moods, all of that thing. And then, and recognize when you need to be, you know, like there's certain things that we can do to get us back to a state we need to be in to be able to perform in our daily life or do what we need to do. Right. And I love these tools that you shared, like even like the essential oils, like I would love, like if you have a resource or anything on like that, that you would like to share for the different ones, that would change my life. I know that. And I've always been drawn to Rose. So that's very interesting. To oh, me. yeah. I actually yes. have, a, a, there's a, a amazing woman. Her name's Deborah, and she's a fellow trauma survivor. She had a really, she's now in holistic care and she creates these blends and it's the com- a company called Be Grace and Ease. And I love her blends, her essential oils. And I will definitely share with you. She creates everything yes. on her own and I mean, she's, I just love her so, so much. So the love that comes with it as well is, is really beautiful. Um, and she's a scientist. She like geeked out on this. Like she's, she's like, like, it's really amazing. Um, but I do want to, speaking of frequency, I want to share, like, because I I've been so transparent about just who I am and, 
and what's worked for me, just to complete it all for those who are listening, energy work has really been something pivotal for me as well. One, mm-hmm. knowing that we are all energy. So knowing when something triggers you, like what does that do to your energy is trusting your intuition, learning how to connect with who you, like all of you, not just your physical, yes, there's your nervous system and that's tied in with, with energy. But I, uh, I really love emotion code. If anyone wants to look up emotion code, that's really accessing the emotions that are trapped within your energy field. And I know I'm really geeking out here or going a little bit. Um, oh no, I love it. Keep going. Go so, deep, go deep. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I love, so emotion code is amazing. Um, I have been able to access uh, trapped emotions, which is compressed energy in my field. Like, and the thing is, is that our body wants to protect us. Our mind wants to protect us. So emotion code has been really pivotal for me because it's brought into my awareness what my mind is trying to hide from me, right? In order mm-hmm. to survive. Yeah. So I have uncovered so much. I I did a lot of mother, uh, mother wound healing through emotion code and releasing. And actually emotion code helped me to get rid of the flashbacks. There were these three memories that just I could not get rid of. And even with... Um, EM, EMI, which is similar to EMDR, mm-hmm. the, it was the emotion code for me that really worked because it brought up what was attached to those images. What were my yeah. beliefs? What were the meanings that I was giving them? Where and is it really, held in your body and yes. all that stuff? Wow. Yeah, in, in the yes. mind. And, and, uh, and so that's been really wonderful for me as you know, the energy work and so I, I like it all. I'm like, I geek out on the neuroscience. Let's get into developmental psychology, transpersonal yeah. psychology. Let's get into the energy work and energy healing because we are all of that mm-hmm. and we're all connected, you know, the mother, mother earth and like bringing in all of that. So that's, that's who I am. And, and where I'm at is I'm like, okay, how can I bring all of this and into a neat little package, you know, yes. for other people to start integrating uh, and one of my hurdles is going to, is really had to be, well, who am I going to turn off by this? Who am I going to affect? And that's part of the inner yes. child, like the fear from being, being raised in the church or like, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Right. But I am just- so there. I am the person who has suppressed any kind of spiritual belief, anything that people don't see as mainstream, like even until probably like a year and a half ago, like so so there i am so with you Mm. that you know especially when we know it's part of our purpose like you know for me this is holistic self-development that includes physical emotional mental and spiritual and there's research behind it people are like oh no i don't understand the spiritual part of it so no you're you're woo woo or you're crazy or whatever they want to say and it's like the invalidation can keep us from bringing these important parts in and it's like it's it's in there it shows how powerful it is right And so I just, I love that you're speaking on this and you have more of the science part behind it too, because I think that will help people understand how important it really is. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I just love, I love connecting with you and it's, it really is validating and, and encouraging and inspiring because I have to realize that I'm not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And that just because it li- what some of the things that I have found that have worked for me to heal might live outside of someone's belief system, that doesn't mean that it's not that it's invalid, right? Absolutely. People, 
people didn't believe in electricity before they could, they're like, I, I can't see what you're talking about. And what do you mean? I, I'm going to be able to flip a switch and the light turns on to them. That is outside of their belief system. So it's, it seems miraculous. Yeah. But so I know that things are catching up, for instance, epigenetics. Okay. Yes. Inheriting trauma. Oh, right, right. You, you inherited, they have discovered in science that we do inherit yeah. trauma from our ancestors up to, I think it was 14 generations. Yeah. Whoa. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of this turned into, to be discovered by science. And I'm really, so I, I really have been enjoying being able to share that more and more. Yeah. Well, and I think about too, like, you know, because when I got my doctorate, we talked a lot about research in the process and it takes years and years and years of peer review and, you know, having to get this as close to as scientifically sound as we can before things even get published. So, you know, when we think about it, the research that's published is at least five years behind when they started researching it. Right. And mm -hmm. there may be some differences for most, but like, that's kind of the average that I saw. And so I would bet, you know, I think of like mindfulness, meditation, that was considered like, oh, so like not okay, right? And like my entire project was focused on the impact of mindfulness for childhood trauma. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? And there's so much research behind it that says it literally can change the brain back to some of the changes that were done with childhood trauma, by yes. just certain practices in certain ways. And that would have been considered woo woo or too spiritual or whatever, but there's science behind it now. And so yes. I, I agree with you that I think, you know, you're not for everyone. Yeah. I'm not for everyone either. And that's kept me small for a long time, but I think that also science is, is getting there to the point where this is going to be so mainstream in a few years that people maybe a decade or so, but they're just going to be like, Oh, it makes so much sense. And we're going to understand each other deeper. And just, just the way the collective right now has even started gaining awareness into their patterns with 2020. Like when we look at everything happening with like racial inequalities and how these biases and how people are interacting and like, you know, the things that are belief systems and how people are showing up in how we want to help each other or not in regards to the pandemic, you know, like there's just mm -hmm. so much that has been shown and so many people are waking up. Like this is a collective awakening. We're looking for the meaning of what is going on ourselves, what, you know, our own patterns, like that's what's happened in 2020. This pandemic, this collective trauma has allowed us to look deeper. And some people, you know, we just had the time we were forced either lost jobs or whatever, but also you're like, okay, well, this is a stressful time. What can I do to make myself feel safe right now? Right. And I think that a lot of trauma survivors have possibly had more awakenings earlier because sometimes that's what it takes, right? Like I'm not safe. I'm not where I need to be. Like, where do, how do I need to get to where I need to be? And, you know, for people who are experiencing that for the first time, this like heavy, consistent, toxic stress load that, it's allowing us to look deeper. And so, you know, I think the science and spirituality aspect, it's going to collide more and more in the incoming decades. And we don't know everything. We don't know everything. And there's still things that I can't explain. And I know there's things you can't explain, but it's our truth, you know? And so mm -hmm. not being exiled for believing those things. And like, mark my words, we're going to 20, 30 years down the road, there's going to be things like understanding like the frequencies and like the collective consciousness. Like there's going to be, that's going to be science. Oh, there's, no doubt. there's no doubt. I am marking your words because, and I also believe hundred percent. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
Thank you so much. Yeah, there's been in, in during this quarantine, after the truth was brought up and a lot of that emotion, it was then it was like, okay, what have you unconsciously, what, what behaviors have you been doing that you're unconscious about the, the motives or the beliefs behind that? So you're right. There's been a yeah. huge awakening there and reflection. That's shadow work. Mm -hmm. That's truly like the shadow work has been oppressed, repressed mm -hmm. on a collective level. Yeah. Shadow work is at play. Absolutely. And I'm, I couldn't be more proud of, of what we're doing as a collective as well during, during this time. And I mm -hmm. think in its own way, there is definitely something divine about what's happening. And oh, yeah. there's more to it, you know, <laughs> we could go on about that. That's, that's, oh yeah. That's but yeah, I know <laughs> we can always come back on. We can get deeper into the spiritual stuff. Like we, oh yeah. Like you are welcome whenever. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and I'm doing a lot right now. I'm studying uh, neurocycles. So getting into the science that, of the, yeah, how to reprogram self-beliefs without going into maybe having to do meditation. It takes a little bit slower. So the subconscious mind, there's two ways to access it. It's through the theta, right? The th theta brainwaves, or it's through repetition, habituation, not just mm -hmm. saying an affirmation over and over. So that's what I'm going to be teaching a lot of um, in my upcoming course, the the inner healing, inner, you know, self-healing journey that I'm doing next month, teaching about how you can reprogram your own beliefs, you know, by practicing these these little strategies that have been yeah. proven by science. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. But I definitely want to come back and talk with you because this is so refreshing. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I know. I'm like, oh, we just have so many like-minded beliefs. Like it's just the, oh, I love it. I love it. And you know, I, I was, I was afraid too. I was like, I just, I don't know if with my, you know, my trauma survivor following what they're going to think when I start incorporating more of my spirituality. Like I had a separate spiritual podcast and I realized that like, that's only a portion. That's a portion of my passion, right? It's, it's the holistic, like it's everything. And in honestly, like I am definitely a big proponent. I think the spiritual stuff and like the self wound and the self love like that, that is one of the biggest things to help you but it's only a piece. It's a piece to yes. the puzzle. Right. Yes. And so, you know, just being able to tap into that and to say, guess what? This is a piece. This is take, take it or leave it. That's fine. There are, there are other ways to put this together. There yes. are right. But this is a piece that you and I have found as so important and as a tool for us to get to know ourselves deeper and yes. heal. Yeah. And as I, I, I don't know about other types of trauma. Yes. I did experience uh physical abuse and emotional and mental abuse in my family but the sexual trauma that was a wound on the soul yeah that surpassed like the mind mm -hmm. yes it impacted the, the mind of course and in my body you know being triggered and not being able to control the emotional self but yeah. on the soul on the soul level it's when you're robbed of your innocence or you're you the shock that you experience it's so deep so how do you in order to be able to heal that, you have to go that deep. Yeah. And so that's why that puzzle piece was so important to my journey. Uh, whereas for others, it might be the, you know, more of the the brain work, more exactly. of the emotional work, and maybe mm -hmm. it's a little bit of everything. But mm -hmm. yeah, so... I love it. Just makes me so happy. Yes, well, thank yes. you so much for being here. And um, if people want to get in contact with you, where can they reach you? 
I would say the best place to reach me is either vanessabadger.com. And my name is, yeah, it's like my, my name will be written. I'll have, yeah, I'll have it in the show and notes. And then um, I also have the cyclebreakersclub.com that um, is a space for where I'm hosting my courses, you know, breaking the cycles of limiting beliefs and emotional wounds and how to self-heal. Uh, but I'm, I'm evolving. There's a lot, there's a lot coming forth. And so if you want to stay in touch and you want to share, you know, connection there, feel free to reach out there and yeah, we can grow together. Perfect. And yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay for us to be evolving, right? Like I know I'm evolving as well. Like it's just, it's a constant journey. It's a constant journey of healing, overcoming, and finding ourselves along the way and claiming that. Yes. And yes. That's, you know, I love how you said that. It's like, that literally wraps up. That's what the whole podcast is about. That's what life is about. You know, it's okay. just like, it just goes together so beautifully. And I just want to end it on that note because that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for sharing your story and being here and all of your knowledge. I'm sure we'll connect again soon and this audience will not be a stranger to you and we will just keep moving forward. But to everyone listening, thank you so much. Remember, you know, you have the power to transform your life. You do. And this is just one example of some of the things that you can do and stick around and we're going to dive deeper into some of the others. Um, also like Reiki is another one too, where I'm going to have a guest coming on. So, you know, there's just so many things that you dive into and it's whatever works for you to help you reclaim yourself after everything that's happened. So have a wonderful day and thanks for being here. Bye. Thanks everyone. Bye. you like what you heard spread the word thank you so much for listening feel free to share like comment write a review connect with us deeper on instagram at sos with dr taylor and all services are on my website at survivorsovercomingsilence.com i am just so thrilled and honored to hold this space with you all and thank you so much for listening mm -hmm.